If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hi there, everyone. Uh, it's your host, Samantha Aiko, and I wish you a warm welcome to the Organic Matrix. We're all organic beings living in this wild matrix, and our mission is to capture real stories and experiences from people of all walks on life. On that note, may the show begin. I'm happy to introduce a great friend of mine. Hey, Sam. Say, my name is Randy Young. I'm, I am from uh, originally and still in Sioux City, Iowa. And it's been a pleasure meeting you, Sam. And thank you for having me on today. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure on my half too. I, since I've met you, you've been such an inspiration and I'm happy that we became such close friends. I'm very grateful for Live Ultimate for it being a platform that I was able to meet you on. Yes, and so am I. And it's just, you're such an inspiration. And um, I still consider you, you know, not to be not only a good friend, but also a coach. Because you're so knowledgeable about everything. And of course, you're my two-go person <laughs> when I have a question. I love helping out, honestly. It just brings me joy to like have the connection and you know I just always loved um spreading knowledge and being a divergent thinker so I just you know those conversations we have really get me get me thinking and yes and that's what I mean you just get my brain going and uh there's things that come out of my head and my mouth and I just you know wow I didn't realize I knew that so I love that I love I love that I can relate to that a lot like when, when you and Ron taught me so much I make a joke with Edward my boyfriend because I'm like you know I think I know why all of my friends are like 60 year old men and it's because I didn't know my dad <laughs> I'm getting all of the male influence through friendship and and honestly it's great because you can't uh, like my parents taught me a lot but you can't learn everything from a woman like there's men and women like there's two different experiences that we we need to like have exposure to how do you know what a good man is if you don't know a good man like <laughs> well exactly exactly you know and that's what you were you know I got that advantage, you know, coming from a home that, you know, my mom and dad were married for 50 years. And, you know, I always, my dad was a truck driver. He was gone all the time, but I knew what he expected out of me. And, you know, I just knew from watching him and just watching the way people treated him and how he would just light up a room when he came in because, you know, the respect that he had for everybody, everybody had for him. 
that you know, I mean, it just, you know, I just thought, man, if I could just, you know, be half the man that he was, you know, in my lifetime, that you know, I'd, I'd be very happy, you yeah. know. So, and then growing up with uh, three sisters, I kind of got a feminine side too, because you know, I mean, it's so I just kind of got the both of both worlds of you know learning how to respect women, how to you know treat you know women, and it was just. Uh, I don't know. I just had the advantage that a lot of people don't have, and you know, in these in this world today. On that note, do you have any advice for any young gentlemen on women and like understanding a woman? Well, if, if I if I if I could understand women, Sam, I'd be a very rich man. Okay. <laughs> But you know, I, I taught my boys. You know, I have, I have two sons. They're uh, 35 and 34, and. Um, I just treat them with respect. You know, you you respect people no matter if it's a woman or if it's a man. You know, the more respect you show somebody, that's what you're going to get in return. You know, and I always think, you know, I always think of, you know, taught my boys that, you know, you don't hit girls. You don't, you know, you don't bully a woman. You know, it doesn't matter if she's stronger than you. It doesn't matter if she's, you know, weaker than you. It's just, you know, I mean, it's just common knowledge that, you know, girls are be pampered and treated with respect. You know, you don't treat them like a buddy of yours and, you know, clown around and, you know, punch each other, you know. I mean, it's just a totally different situation between a man, you know, and a man and a woman. So I'm really glad that you said that. That's very valuable information because I've been I was I'm a you know I was a wrestler for yes a long time and I was I was one of the guys on my team because you know we're all equals we're all we're all like working hard like we're, we suffer as a unit when we work out and we train together so like yeah there's horseplay because we're like physical sport but um like I still was a woman you know and right. there's a difference like. You know, there's different boundaries that aren't always spoken about. Like, for example, like, yeah, you could smack your teammate's butt. That's a boy, and it's not a sexual gesture, right? Like, it's just like a Conrad. Like, you got this, bro. But you can't do it to a woman. <laughs> right. Right. And you're gonna, you're gonna, you know, she's either gonna turn around and slug ya, or you know, or you're gonna have a lawsuit on your head. <laughs> Or even so, yet, like most young ladies don't have and have no idea how to react to these situations, and a lot of women freeze no. up, and then like a lot of. No, and- oh, I noticed that a lot of women freeze up, and then they end up building resentment toward the situation, and it might have been innocent, and it could have like avoided, like developing into some kind of trauma if like women were taught on how to ask for respect and place boundaries like I feel like that's not spoken about enough because even though I was raised by a woman I was given rules like um don't let someone touch you inappropriately you know like I, I and I'm glad I learned that lesson early but I didn't have like a lesson on how to politely assert myself because and it, and it became in the future of like when I would notice I was getting treated some way I didn't know how to meet that problem and uh civilly it would just end up me being raising my voice and and like that doesn't really get the message across 
and like I learned throughout the years that like the only way to make the world a better place and like to teach people how to treat others is by teaching people why it matters and like giving perspective and it's impossible to give somebody perspective and being a part of their growth when we are aggressive toward them even if we're offended because half the time people don't offend each other on purpose because like, there's always something lost in translation so. that is so true and it's you know and then when you do you know insult somebody you know if, without you know trying or you know then they close up you know they're either going to get mad or they're going to clam up and they're not going to you know show their emotions what they're going to you know then then the whole learning process just you know went away because once you clam up you're not you know you're not think you're trying to think of a way out of the situation instead of trying to better the situation you hit the nail on the head and and i honestly feel like this podcast is already doing justice saying this message because you know in the mentality of like how there were so many like crimes against women that are surfacing and it, and like in the public like when when women come out with about celebrities that like you know assaulted a group like there's like always like a half of people that are like oh yeah she's saying that because she wants money but then there's a half that went through things like that and they and they they did exactly what you said like we're thinking on how to get out of the situation but we're not asserting ourselves we're not you know maybe we're not saying stop it with a straight face because mm-hmm. i know that a lot like some girls would be like stop it and it's not an inviting laugh it's a nervous laugh it's a yep. i'm going to say stop it in a playful way because i don't know how what this guy's capable of he's already crossing my space boundary so i um and i and i feel like it my life would have been a lot different if i even heard a conversation like this because you know these conversations aren't had so how mm-hmm. do we even know how to handle it until we get burnt a couple of times because unfortunately like that's how we learn well seeing that's what's sad because you know so many people you know we learn from you know what we've done in in our mistake you know mistakes in life and uh i feel like these talks like this are very important especially for you know the young ladies nowadays you know i mean they're not i mean these kids nowadays it's you know i think we i think we've kind of lost the respect for one another um boundaries for each other and nobody's really teaching that anymore you know i mean these kids they get out of school they right away they're on a laptop or what playing games and killing and you know sure you know and i'm a firm believer in what you feed your mind is what you're going to you know what's going to be you know it's just like what we eat is what you're going to turn out to be eventually amen you know and it, it's just crazy that you know these kids nowadays you know i mean look at the workforce you know the younger days the younger people now they don't want to work because well it's, it's sad unfortunately the government's taking care of everybody and they're not making people go out and work you know they're not you know they're not pushing everybody to go you know find a 9 to 5 or you know, become an entrepreneur or do whatever they want to do but it's just you know it's sad that you know we just lost our society has gotten weak you know 
I agree. Like that brings me back to like a conversation I had earlier with one of my friends. And we were talking about how, you know, a lot of my generation, they, we don't see the whole big picture. Like we are so empowered by being able to have the world at our fingertips that sometimes like, cause you know, like when, when we're young, like humans in general, like when we're in our youth and we feel like strong and we're healthy and we're partying, but we're recovering. And we, we think we're invincible. Like it's a phase we all go through. We think our new way is the better way, but being able to have the privilege of having friends all different ages I was able to like see the beauty in each generation and it's like the older generation remembers a time that we've never seen mm -hmm. and we are incapable of knowing the full picture unless we become better listeners and that's one thing that this technology it like kind of gave us that shock value like I was a part of the generation, I was born in 1997, where I remember those old dial-up computers, and I remember VCR tapes, and I remember right. cassette tapes because that's where my parents got their music. And so like, when I was a teenager is when Apple came out with this old computer that was super bizarre, like before Apple had thin laptops like now. Like I remember having a landline and I was the last generation to have that because in me growing up, I literally saw technology become Star Trek. Like, right. um, and I feel like that shock, you know, got us excited and a little distracted for a long time. But now as podcasts are developing like this, like the only way is to adapt with technology and then reintegrate the values that we've learned before technology because now it's a part of history and like 20 years from now this is going to be the tablets that they read to like see oh well how was 21st century humans you know what were they thinking what were they doing how were they dressing exactly exactly see and you know what to me you know i was born in 1961 and you know i remember you know I, I, with three sisters, we had one phone in the house and I could never get to the phone because I had three sisters that were always on the phone. But I remember the rotary dial phone. You know, I remember my first cell phone was in a bag and I was driving truck across country and I decided that I was gonna, you know, be top notch, get into this technology. And it was a, like a small suitcase. And that was my cell phone. No, but yeah, and so I carried around. I mean, it wasn't one of these little flip phones. It was a briefcase with a phone in it, and its battery. Oh yeah, you had to charge it up, but that phone had to have with the case. And you know, that was my first cell phone. That was my first, you know, use of technology, and because I never really used the computer, you know, all the way through school and stuff like that. I just never got into it. Oh, yeah, so now with this technology now, with me learning it over the past couple years, it's a whole new ball game for me. You know, I mean, I would just as soon be talking face to face than doing a podcast in, you know, on, on, the, on the computer. But this is just the world it is. And once you learn to adapt to certain things, then, you know, it makes life easier.
you've impressed me so much with how quick you pick things up because my mom is like in her she's actually approaching 60 like sometimes like I feel like my mom stops aging at 45 like <laughs> in my head she's 45 forever <laughs> right but I've been I've been trying to get her to like learn some of the technology and she's like no I'll just can you help me with it but um since being your friend like in the beginning like you really picked up on this stuff. Like, I see your your content, and I'm like, dang, Randy's like outworking me right now. Like, <laughs> I don't think I could outwork you, but you know, and, and watching you, your posts, and everything that you put out, you just inspire me. And it's like, you know, and I appreciate you letting me use some of your, you know, posts and content because. You know, I mean, I, I realize I know where I'm weak, you know, in our in my businesses. And it's like it just works for me, you know, I mean, because I'm I'm more of a talker than I am sitting here making content and figuring out what, you know, I should do next. We'll just soon be, you know, clapping the jaw and talking to people in real life, mm. you know, and thank God we're still able to do that every now and then. But it's you know i think it's going to come to the point where everything is going to be you know zoom calls and uh you know on the phone you know i mean i'm getting quicker at texting and getting in them dms and asking you know talking to people and but with me, thank god there's a voice button though you know i could still push that button and talk yeah i love that feature and i love that it's like i mean it works for me because like my age group like talking on the talking face to face gives me so much senseless anxiety and and most of it is like seeing myself in the camera because that's what makes me kind of lose the present moment and get shy because i could review these things and like and i'm used to being able to like talk about something and then it's gone like in person and it's like i don't need to be accountable for that i could change my mind later the whole world doesn't remember but like now everything is like permanent so I'm like I'm finally getting used to it and I'm glad that I'm like talking with you because I'm like already very comfortable with you but yeah I love that you can like make a voice note and that it doesn't have to be like a, a volley but I definitely see that since this pandemic and like since like Zoom has been a, a primarily dominant platform I've sp been speaking to. Like I used to be such more of an extrovert and now I feel like I have to work on my people skills all over again. Well, see, and, and that's with me, you know, I'm catching myself. Um, I have to work on, I feel the same way. I get so, I spend so much time in social media, you know, and on, on the laptop and on my phone that, it's like when you do have the chance to talk to somebody in person, it's like, God, they're right here. I don't have to send them a text, you know. Oh my God, I gotta, I gotta, you know, think quicker what I'm gonna say now. <laughs> That's exactly how I feel. I'm like, oh wait, there's no five minute breaks in between each thought. Like <laughs> Right. Right. So, you know, then it's like, you know, you're talking, then they're like, oh my God, they notice that I'm I'm losing it. I lost my train of thought. You know, what am I gonna do now? That's exactly how I feel too. Like I completely relate to that. But when these mandates and everything like calm down, 
I want to like do more trade shows and get back on that because really nothing beats like meeting people in person. And, no. Um, no. And I, in I the same way. Friends like that. This I meet yeah. so many cool people at trade shows. Like people of all walks of life like go there. Yes. Yes, and that's what I like about it because you are meeting. You know, you're meeting just everybody i mean it doesn't matter if they're poor rich you know i mean they are there and they're in person and it's like all walks of life you know you get the you get the opportunity to meet different cultures different you know worlds mm-hmm. you know and you know with social media you really don't get that you know but when you're in person and i'm like you i love trade shows i love going to fairs and just seeing just a different people out there. Mm-hmm. It's just, I love that, like, I always make a joke to my spiritual friends. I'm like, trade shows are like the astral world. Like, because you have, have you heard of the astral world? No, I don't think I have. Have you, have you heard about astral projection? No. Oh, you're going to love this. So uh, it's like a theory that a lot of scientists have that one, we have a multi-universe and two, when we dream, like because we spend so much time in our dream state that it's considered another reality. And and then like there's also been like a study with NASA um, that they like got in contact with these monks that would meditate and they'll do transcendental meditation and they can like bring their spirit out of their body and go into outer space or go to different coordinates in the world and, and literally come back with specific details they wouldn't have known as a human without a telescope and technology. Um, and some people, Uh, practice astral projection in like a number of ways like it's not limited to just a monk but like average human beings can learn how to tap into this power and the way that you tap into it is like you have to completely relax your body and it's kind of like you put yourself in sleep paralysis and when once your body is like you know doing its natural paralysis thing by completely relaxing and like it surrenders you could like visualize there's like different ways you could do it like one of the ways is like visualizing your hand rising up from your body but you can't move your body so it's like learning to kind of like split your mind and your body and like another way you can do it is like by using frequencies so personally the only way I was able to astral project was with binaural beats and binaural beats is like these rhythms that are at different frequencies in each ear and it triggers a response to your your nerves in your brain. So like some of it is for like your uh, vagus nerve or your asymptomatic nerve, probably saying that wrong, but there's different frequencies that triggers like different brain waves and it can affect the way that we like perceive reality. Like for example, I could show you, I could send you some links later, but like if you put on headphones and listen to some of these beats, like you'll see your vision like start going like this. Wow. Mm. Wow, that is very interesting. I'd like to try that. I think that would be awesome. I can't wait to hear what you think about it (laughs) because. Yes.
I'm always open for different things, you know, especially, you know, well, the past, what, six years now, you know, getting healthy and um, just worrying about, you know, with me just turning 61, I decided, you know, it's time for me to, you know, take care of myself. And, you know, I mean, I lived a very unhealthy life most of my life, you know, being 16 and thinking I knew everything in the world, you know, I left and ventured off for the world and on myself doing things that were very illegal and things that were, were legal, you know, but it didn't matter. It was everything was under the sun was game. So, but yeah, I'm always open for different, um, trying new things and especially if it's, you know, to do with health. Because, you know, I feel health is our number one, you know, priority in life. Without our health, we can't, you know, we can't do anything. You know, if we're, we're limited, once we become unhealthy, then we're limited to what we can do in life. Absolutely. So, Randy, were you always healthy, or like, or no? Oh, I was a, um, I was a very hardcore drug user in my younger days um i probably did meth and hard drugs for probably 35 35 years of my life and i trucked across the united states so i've well i've been a truck driver for 42 years and um i just you know lived a very crazy and spontaneous life you know, putting my myself in situations that I, I don't know how I lived out of them. And also, you know, harming, you know, putting others in harm too that, that they could have got hurt. So, but no, very unhealthy, you know, I lived on meth and uh, Mountain Dew and energy drinks probably for 20 years of my life, you know, <laughs> just because when, if my truck wasn't rolling, I wasn't making money. Yeah. That, so that, I had no time to sleep. Yeah, like pushing your body like that must have been like... Ooh. Well, and I caught myself being um, uh, 45 pounds overweight, you know? I mean, I was uh, on high blood pressure, um, almost to the point where I was a diabetic, high cholesterol, you know? I mean, it was just... You know, my sleep apnea, they told me that, you know, I needed it. I wasn't sleeping right. I would stop breathing when I was sleeping. I mean, I had health issues coming up and they're very bad. And it was, you know, I just, I wanted to be around for my grandkids and I wanted, you know, be around for my kids. And so it's like, well, something just clicked. You know, I mean, it was, I at the time I had, uh, six years ago I about lost my uh, nine-year-old pit bull to cancer and um, that's when I got introduced to uh, the magic water you know and it was uh, it was a miracle you know I mean it the vet gave up on her we, we had three surgeries and her being nine years old she just couldn't take surgery so he says well, he more or less sent me home for her to die it was a very hard, very hard time for me. A friend of mine decided that 
he wanted to try this water and he came he brought me water fresh for four days and within four days she was up wagging her tail and moving around again and it was just the fifth day i ordered my machine and i mean i've got six more years out of her i had no idea it started helping her so quickly yes well a dog doesn't have a placebo and you can't <laughs> tell if they're hurting you can't tell what's going on so you have to go by their actions you're right you know, I mean, I was carrying water and food to her, you know, for four days, trying to get her to eat. And then, you know, and then the fourth day, she finally, you know, she got up, she started eating, and it was just uphill ever since. Oh, that's, I never get tired of hearing that story. It's so inspiring. And, and you give people hope because you get, you get to, I mean, it's nothing's in vain. Like you get to, get to share with somebody like people's perspective that not everyone can survive like you represent like that we can all heal and it's, right. it begins with a thought right it begins with a desire to have better and so what made you was it diva that inspired you to start taking care of your health yes yes it, it was and because uh well i adopted her you know when she was um I think she was six months old and it was, I adopted her to keep me in line because it made me take care of my, it made me stop the drug, it made me get out and walk. You know, it made me stop and eat. It made me, you know, I mean, she gave me the momentum to take care of myself because, you know, I, I would have lived, you know, I don't know how long I would have lived not eating and you know, just doing drugs and not stopping and taking care of myself. And she brought responsibility into my life. Oh, I completely, I completely resonate with that because that's how I got my dog Moses. And that's why I named him Moses. Cause I say like, I was in such a deep depression that he led me out of my self-proclaimed like um, slavery. Like I was a slave to get being a, to, to just being acquitted, like just, I was like at a, at a lowest point in my life where I was laying in bed and I had no motivation to feed myself and I made myself go so hungry that I didn't have the ability to stand up without being dizzy and like needing to sit down. So it was like I had no car, I had to walk like two miles to the grocery store and I was like, I'm running so down on E, I can't even make that walk. And like, God bless my roommates in the past in Atlanta that were very patient with me because I was in a position where it's like, I would ask them for food. And if I didn't like eat some of their food, I was never gonna be able to go to the grocery store. But um, my friend Zoe went hiking in the, in the mountains of Georgia and she found a group of puppies and a mom. And she decided to take them in the car full of fleas, super sickly, super smelly. Like I love animals, but these animals were in like such bad condition that I, I, I couldn't see past it. Like it was just like, ooh, ooh. like I don't know if I should touch them. And she literally took in these pups, gave them flea baths with Dawn dish soap every day. Like this woman has the biggest heart. 
and she took care of the mom and nursed the mom back to health. And the way that the mom looks like compared to when we found her, you wouldn't even recognize that as the same dog. Like this dog was like bald, smelled like death, very skinny. And now she has like a huge mane and muscular and a beauty of an animal. But she gave the puppies to foster care. And I looked at my dog Moses and I looked in his eyes and I just like fell in love with him. And I was like, okay, I can't let this one go. So like after that, I was like, wow, <coughs> I'm gonna be able to take care of myself because there's no way in hell that I'm gonna let myself watch this dog get sick because I'm not right. So I totally resonate with that because, you know, to this day, I, I know Moses saved my life. He saved me from mm -hmm. like bad situations too because I was getting involved with people who were just all the way wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, and that's what that's with me. I mean, it, I got to the point where, you know, when I woke up in my truck one day when I was still by myself, you know, after for sleeping for three days for being awake for, you know, two to three weeks, I don't remember how long for sure, but it was, you know, my body just crashed. And I woke up alongside the road and in my own piss and crap. I mean, because I was out for three days, you know, and uh, I woke up, I opened my eyes and I remember smelling, you know, and it was just like, oh my God, you know, I got, something's got to change. You know I mean? I'm either, I'm on a, I'm on a roll to kill myself. So I was a slow death and it, I just got cleaned up, threw everything out of my truck, and um, I got home that week, and I just thought, you know what? I need a companion. You know, I need something to keep me, you know? So I went to the shelter, and Aldiva, she was all bundled up in a corner, and, you know, and I opened up the cage to let me take her out, and uh, it was just, you know, it, I knew it was her. You know, we just hit it off. <laughs> How did you, did she like stand up to you? Like, did you like see her and like have that instant connection? Mm hmm. I mean, as soon as I opened the gate, she looked up at me and looked at her and he says, well, she probably won't come to you. And I knelt down and just tapped my knee and she came right over to me, you know, and I says, well, I want to take her outside, you know, mm -hmm. so he, he let me take her out and I let her run around and she came to me and I mean, it was, it, I knew that she was, that she was it, you know, she was going to be the one that I was going to, you know, take home with me. And um, it was just, uh, I had a lot of things to do, you know, I had to make sure that she was good with my grandkids, you know, she was good with kids and people and, <laughs> and it was just, you know, because, you know, she was a pit bull. So everybody, you know, was like, oh my God, she's going to be me. You know, my kid, you know, she can't be around kids. She can't do um, baloney. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, she would just turned out to be the best thing in my life, you know, for at that time. That's so sweet. She knew you guys rescued each other. She was like, yes. You're the one. She was waiting for yeah. me. <laughs> well, and it was like, you know, it took me a long time to, um, you know, I, I remember when I first got her, it was like, okay, put her on a leash, put her on a leash. One day I just, you know, I says, okay. I took, took, we carried her out of the truck. We we're up in uh, Wyoming, up outside of Gillette, Wyoming. And uh, 
I had a pole off and I just unleashed her and started walking. And I thought, well, she's either going to follow me or she's going to run off, you know, and she took off and she got about 50 yards and stopped and turned around and ran back to me. I mean, and that's all it was. It was just, I just gained trust and to each other. And uh, from there on, it was always, you know, she'd walk by my side or I just snapped my finger and she knew that she could just go run, you know, and I just let her run as long as she wanted. And as soon as I whistled or clapped my hands, she'd come back. That's the beautiful thing about dogs that I love the most. It's like, they really show us what unconditional like love is. And like, but the biggest thing, like magic power they have is like, they're so present that we don't even have to really teach them. They learn our mannerisms. Like they yeah. learn our gestures. Like my dog learns so fast because we already established a community, like a way of communication. Like, yes. And I remember when he was a puppy and he was like, not, didn't know me yet. And he would just stare at me like, and now it's like, I can look at him and he can read my mind. And yeah. and I know him too, because when he wants something, I know his body language. I just, I can't explain every gesture, but it's just like a intuition thing. Like it's, it's yep. just, it's a, it's being. And like, he teaches me how to like really be present because there's, it's there's like if unless you're in a room and you stare at your dog at least 10 minutes in a row for no apparent reason without looking at your phone like you notice how easy it is to miss when they need something if they need to go to the bathroom and we're busy on our phone and they pee on the floor it's like we start to learn that if we don't give them attention they can't tell us they need something right and people are like that too like if you if we if you really love somebody right and we stick around long enough to have a real relationship with people, we see that if we don't pay attention, we're not really hearing and seeing and accepting that person. Because even in my relationship, I have to like, it's another level of love when you can look at your partner's body language and know what kind of day they're having. Mm -hmm. It is. I think my dog really taught me that because I'm, you know how I am, like I'm a very like, I like to be so busy and I always like to be constantly in creation mode or like right. like that. Like sometimes I'm not in touch with what's around me and like honestly, there's a couple of acid trips that like showed me how much I'm missing just looking at someone's face right here. Like on, mm -hmm. on above the nose and the eyes. Like people speak with their soul in that way. And when I first like saw that that was enough that we were having like two conversations going on it like it honestly made me fall in love with being human in another level like the fact that you have the capacity to like have multiple ways of understanding each other i do miss that you know i, I don't have that right now either <laughs> mm. i didn't have that you know i mean i was married for 28 years and it was I raised a beautiful family and and that and that was part of probably one of the best parts of my life you know having that you know having that companionship and knowing you know I could just look across the room and we could get eye to eye and I would know that you know she was ready to go or it was 
you know, she's, she, I knew what kind of a day, like you said, what kind of day she was having just by, you know, the, the mo the body motions are just the look that you got. And, um, I mean, that's, that's a very thing. That's what, such a miracle about, you know, as, as being humans, we we're capable of doing so much more than what we give our credit or self credit for. Absolutely. It's, it's incredible. Even like with epigenetics, like our environment can change the way our DNA expresses itself. And like that in itself, like, it's just, uh, it's, it's incredible. Like the world is literally a pattern of the same thing expressed with different levels of growth. Like, and what I mean exactly. by that is that everything functions on like very similar principles. It just wears different faces. Mm -hmm. And when we get to the point where we can see contingencies in our reality, contingencies with the circumstances we meet, that's when we start being able to get control and like really take responsibility. And that's the thing with manifestation. Like it's more than wishful thinking. It's about like seeing a pattern and being able to interject, maybe add something new so that it doesn't keep looping. And like today I was reading an article and had a few epiphanies in my spirituality and I realized like if we do want to like live a masterful life we're kind of living backwards because it's like a lot of us live with the end in mind but we mm -hmm. need to understand like the whole picture because it's like yeah maybe like that's why now I don't read my tarot cards anymore I try I try not to like look too deep into things because it's the, the beauty of the journey is having faith that it's gonna lead you somewhere. And like sometimes predicting or having expectations on how we think we might want it to be will cause us to miss out on seizing an opportunity hidden in the present moment. You know, that is so true. That is so true. That's why, you know, I mean, that's like with me, you know, I have a goal in mind. You know, I know what, I know what my goal is and I know where I'm going, but certain things happen in life that you know we don't have to change our goal it's just find a different path to get there right you know i mean it's just you know it's just working out a different way to make things happen you know don't ever give up on yourself just you know find a way to make it happen you know i mean i'm sitting here i was ready to leave sell everything and go and being my 32 foot toy hauler, but my knee decided that it was it was going to get changed for her. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm still my my goal is still to be living in my RV. Now I just have to have knees replacement and heal and give me time to, which was, I think I do believe it's a godsend because I do have a lot of things that I have to get done before the job. Oh. You know, it's things that I didn't think about, you know? I mean, it's like, do I need road assistance? Do I need, you know, I mean, just little things like, you know, okay, where am I going to bank? You know, I, I, I got to start getting comfortable with online banking, you know? I mean, there's just so many different things that never popped up in me. I thought, hey, I just sell everything, go and just go day by day. But there's a lot of things that, you know, I had to, sit back and adjust and plan and make it happen. It's 
so bizarre how the universe can intervene with our plans, but like in ways that it seems like that it's like that it could, you know, be emotionally hurtful, but at the same time, like it's like a strict parent. Like it's like, yeah, not yet, but I love you. Like <laughs> I felt like that during quarantine because it's like, damn, if I don't stay in quarantine till I'm negative, then do I really love my friends and family? Like, do I really love them enough? that I'm not gonna sacrifice a couple of days to make sure they're safe. And like, there's just so many things going in my head like that, where it's like, do we really love? Cause I know like, we all want to be loved, everybody. No matter how much we push people away or isolate because we want self-defense. And, he, and I learned like, the only way to get love is to give love and like for example like with parents right a lot of us have turmoil with our parents at least some point in our life and sure. like my mom that like passed away she gave birth to me and I'm like a replica of her I took over so much of her genetics like everybody used to call me little t but I she was so hard on me with certain things and I'm way more emotionally sensitive and my heart's on my sleeve like her it's hard to read her emotions. If you were really close to her personally, you might see how she feels, but she was never one to talk about it. Me, on the other hand, I was always like, I have so much emotion, I can't hide it. I have to have somebody validate me, like, because there's so much going on. So, like, I realized that every day I learned something new about my mom's relationship because she's not here anymore. Like, last night I had a dream that like she was criticizing me and I was upset. And like, I was, I haven't smoked a cigarette in 15 days. And I was like, I want to smoke cigarettes so bad because she's making me feel so bad. And then like, she went to go lay down next to me and like cuddle with me, like we'll be close to me, you know? And I just had this bad feeling, like this resentment feeling where I'm like, oh, get away from me. And it made me realize like, when I get out of that dream is like, I didn't love my mother enough. I didn't love her enough to see her as a human being and understand that she's not someone I can change. And like the fact that I would hold a, things, these little things against her and let it burn me inside, like prove that I wasn't giving her the love that I wanted to get from her. So how was I gonna do it? Like how was I gonna ever get it? Because I was probably just shutting her off and not looking at her love languages, being selfish in my own way. And I just, I didn't know, but it's a very complex concept. And that's like, that's why like, it's just, sometimes I feel like there's more to life than you'll ever see. Cause I feel like there has to be some kind of angel on my shoulder giving me these kind of dreams. Like it's just incredible how our subconscious tries to reveal these things in a theatrical yeah. way in our dreams. Well, and it is, it is, you know, I, I do believe that, you know, I believe my guardian angel is giving me everything that I need at that moment, mm -hmm. you know, and then, and then, and then some more, you know, some to, just to test me and see how, how I'm going to react to that, mm -hmm. you know, and I believe, you know, and in this, like you were saying, it's like, I believe what we put out in this world is what we're going to get back. So, you know, if you put out love and care and, 
you help people, then you're going to get that respect and love, you know, and care back. And that's just, you know, how, you know, and I didn't live, you know, I lived the majority of my life not like that. No, I didn't trust, I didn't trust people. People didn't trust me. And it was, and that was okay. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just what, you know, it was like, what could I get out of that? And, you know, and that's all that mattered. It yeah. was always me, me, me. You know, what, what am I going to gain out of this move? Mm-hmm. You know, and when you go through life that way, most of your life, it's, you know, once you change your way of thought and start thinking differently and, you know, just hanging around with people that have the same mindset, you know, that's so important. You know, and I learned that through, you know, being an, you know, an addict, mm-hmm. you know, you can't, you can't do one thing and be playing dirty in the backyard because, you know, it's going to catch up with you. A hundred percent. Like that's what I learned with cigarettes during quarantine. Like as soon as I couldn't breathe, I was like, what is that it? Did I just ruin my life? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know I had COVID. I was like, I can't breathe. Did I ruin my life? <laughs> and I do believe that's, you know, God, I haven't been sick in so long. I should be knocking on wood. That I know when I do, when I was, it's like the end of the world. I mean, every little thing is just, you know, it's a catastrophe. You know, I mean, it's just, but it's not. It's just where your mindset and, you know, and where, what you're thinking. And that's why it's so, you know, people just don't realize, you know, they think, well, I, as long as I have this and, you know, I have a car, a new house and this and, what about your health? You know, sure you can work 16 hours a day, but how long, how long are you going to last doing that? Exactly. You know, is your, you know, are you happy with what you're doing? Are you truly, you know, healthy? Sure, you might work out, but what are you know? There's so many different things you have to look out health wise. So you're so right, and like that was the biggest lesson I learned when I lost my mom. She's like 56. She's pretty Way young. Way too young. And my my grandmother lived in 98. Her sister is 106 right now. My great grandmother was alive to 106. She like lost half of her life expectancy because she would work so hard every day for tomorrow. She's like, I'm gonna work so I can enjoy retirement. My mom had incredible insight, foresight. Like, and that's what brought me home. Like, and it's crazy how it's like people know when their time is coming because she was telling me on the phone when I was still living in Georgia, I don't have a lot of time left. I feel like I'm gonna pass away soon. And I'm like, I, and I never listen. And that's like one of the lessons, like uh, if I can go back in time, I would have a very firm talking with myself. Like I would really, really uh, tell myself to slow down and like, really start like I need I would have told myself that I need to like reorganize my priorities because my once I listened to my mom and I gave her hell about it I was like fine I'll come home COVID hit and two months later I lost her and she knew and I'm just I thank God that I actually went home because my family needed me and and it's just crazy that I'm learning all of the lessons my mom tried to teach me after she's gone. But, you know, I get to carry her legacy 
but what you're saying is so valuable and i'm glad that we're having this conversation on the podcast because people really need to hear this like we're yeah. telling you what we wish we knew before this happened and like whoever has the ability to actually take this in and listen like use it in your own creative way but no we're living backwards like we have the ability to know what direction the universe is going in with physics like every decision literally there's a contingent reaction so like the more we listen the more we're present the more we can actually heal enough to take care of the things that make us happy and i feel like that's what a happy successful life is like actually knowing what you want and then healing enough to have the capacity to like cherish it mm-hmm. that's like a talent yep it is it is you know i think i think once a person figures out you know what their passion what what drives them and then to go out and do that and you know and and fail and fail again and move forward and learn and i mean it's it's the process it's the the journey that makes it worth the while you know i mean if i make a million dollars great you know that's not important to me i mean what's important to me is to see a smile on someone's face or you know for me to be you know knowing that i can sleep at night because i took care of somebody or i helped that dog across the road or you know it's just little things in life that make me happy you know i mean i don't need a whole lot in life but we'll have it because uh, that's just the way i i know i will randy you make me happy like, do you, <laughs> do you feel like you took after your dad like lighting up a room and like did you intend to like follow in his footsteps driving trucks yes yeah my dad taught me how to drive i was i i remember driving truck when i was 13 years old you know oh yeah my dad would say he would he would talk, he would teach me how to drive and i'd be driving down the interstate at 13 years old you know driving truck and uh Finally, when I turned um, 18, uh, he just said, well, go get your chauffeur's license because that's all you needed back then. So I went to South Dakota and got a chauffeur's license and taught me how to drive. Oh, and then I ended up, uh, he would come in town and he would call me and I would, his truck would be at the truck stop and he'd say, just don't hit nothing. If I taught myself how to back up, I would drive around the truck stop and practice backing up. And <laughs> I can't even try, with my tiny trial truck. and error. And um, it's like it's cool that you bring that up because Edward he's training to get a CDL and he was telling me how hard it is to like back that truck up. And you're doing that at 13, like that must be some kind of record. Well, it's like you know, I mean, it was just just trial you know error error, just getting good at it repetition just like anything in life you're going to get good at whatever you want to do as long as you repetition and keep doing it you know i mean and it's you know with your boyfriend it's like you know he'll get better at it. you just got to remember opposite you want to turn opposite way you want your trailer to go 
you know, I mean. I'm so glad he's learning because it makes me feel more at ease when we start driving around an RV. Because I was worried. I was like, because he's he's a good driver, but you know, like, I just worry a lot because I'm not a good driver. So I'm like, can you really handle like a like a 50 foot long rig? <laughs> I can't. <laughs> like I have to depend on you. <laughs> right. Yep. See, and I enjoy that. You know, like I said, well, I've been driving truck for so many years that I enjoy being, you know, in a big rig and um, and even in my pickup and my my toy hauler. You know, I mean, it still got that. You know, I still got that feeling. So, so I'm excited. I am. I'm really excited. I can't wait till February 18th to get my new knee and start healing and uh, just make things happen. My new my new to go date is April 1st. That's pretty. That's pretty quick recovery. And I'm pretty sure with how healthy you are and how positive your energy is that you're probably going to feel like. 75% of that time like you probably save yourself 25% of that time well that's what my goal is that's what you know because I want to be able to you know I know they'll have me up and walking the same day what? and yeah they told me you'll be standing on it the same day so I'm just thinking you know I'm thinking with you know I'm, that's what I'm doing now I'm still going to therapy to get uh, for my back but it's like I'm working on things for my leg, you know, my knee and what what needs to be done. And so when I by the time I do have surgery, it's gonna be a piece of cake. That's a great you know? mindset. And you see, yeah. like I love that you follow what you teach because you're exactly doing what we're talking about. Like you're using the time before your surgery to not escape your surgery. Like you're preparing for it, like you're training mm -hmm. your body for it. And like that's a huge like that's anti-self-sabotage you know as yes. a 24 year old woman who's like literally seen myself self-sabotage without even acknowledging it i love like being able to see somebody who says i'm not a victim of my circumstance i have a position where i can work with it and i love that you do that yeah that's the fighter in me you know and i, and I got that from diva you know i did i watched her you know i watched her go through cancer and i just you know she gave me so much you know strength and you know just the will to live because of seeing her you know just ready to go and then come back to life and, and knowing that she she didn't want to go but she had no choice and then you know i gave her that choice and and it was just, you know, she's back to life again, you know, and so it, it was just some, you know, a miracle. And that's what I know my, my surgery is going to be, it's going to be okay. Cut out the bad, put in the new, and hopefully it's bionic and I can run faster. <laughs> I love that. Yes. We're going to, we're going to adapt with society. Like, let's go. Yes. <laughs> the reason why i bring that up is like um a piece of, like that book like made me think like 
I think we we know exactly the person we're looking for. Like I feel like we we do have like some kind of like soulmate, and like we have a vague idea of like what qualities they have, and like I feel like that's why we have a type. Like I don't think it's just like a shallow thing based off physical attraction, because you know there's a lot of things we can't see that matter in being compatible with others. Exactly.、Um, and so, you know, I feel like. You know, our first love is the girl with the raven black hair. Like people,、mm-hmm. kind of remind us of the people we're gonna be with in the future. But like, it comes back to like what Plato said. He said the things that we find aesthetically,、uh, aesthetically appealing, are the things that our body, our, our essence is desiring. It's what we're craving.、Mm-hmm. So like maybe like people who. Look into a sunset and like a picture of a sunset, and they're like, "Oh my god, that's so nice!" Like maybe those people are working too hard, and they know they need to relax more. They need to enjoy their life more. And there's like a huge reflection on what we find beautiful. Yep, that is, and that's so important. That is very important, you know. And I found, you know, over the past five years, you know, I've invested a lot of money in myself. You know, with、uh, Bob Proctor and taking a few mastermind courses, and you know, and finding out that well, who am I? You know, falling in love with me first. You know, because、uh, that's so important. You know, you look at you look at people, and you can just tell the way they act, the way they move, that they do not love themselves. You know, and that's you know, I believe. You have to love yourself before you can truly believe、uh, love someone. Yeah, because that's going to give you the respect for them, and get the respect back from them. You're so right. Because、um, there's like that makes me think of another saying. Like I had a mentor who used to teach me massage therapy. His name is Chris Knapp, and one day, like he was teaching me how to do trigger therapy, and I was massaging one of his clients, but. To me, I felt like I was getting paid really well by having the opportunity of working in an office as a high schooler, and I didn't want to get compensated for it because I felt like the, what I was learning was so rich. Because like these techniques helped me avoid surgery for years, and so I was like, "This is priceless! Like I don't need to get paid." And I massage this lady, and she's like very impressed with my work, and she tips me like twenty dollars. And back in high school, like. I didn't have a lot of money, so that was a lot to me. And I was like, "No, no, I can't take this. I'm just an intern." And she's like getting offended. She's like, "Please take it. I appreciate your work."、Um, and my mentor said, "You appreciate the giver by honoring the gift."、Mm-hmm. And that that circles around like what you said. Like, if we don't love ourselves, how can we be good receivers when our, when someone does something kind of for us? Because right. Like, There's nothing worse than feeling underappreciated, and sometimes people do that to others. I agree. We don't acknowledge it, but we try to be humble, and sometimes we like subconsciously reject other people's offerings, and it could be like hurtful for them. What kind of woman are you looking for? I am looking for a hardworking, honest,、uh, loving, and caring woman that you know takes care of herself, 
and is uh, very spontaneous. And I would say, you know, the um, she's either going to be Filipino, black, or Mexican, or I just I want a different ethnic you know in my life you know i want a different culture i want to i want to i want to experience a whole different world and i want to you know so that's my that's my goal that is you know what i'm looking for i love that um dating different cultures is like so exciting because there's like nothing beats like having a fresh perspective like um, like going to different countries and even just growing up in New York and going to the South, like the amount of growth it gives us to be able to see that, you know, the what, what we know as what life is, is not the same for everybody else. Like, mm-hmm. See, and, I, and that's, you know, because my goal, my goal is to travel different countries. You know, I want different business partners in different worlds and I want to be able to go over there and, you know, live their life, you know, see what they, you know, because it's so different, Mm. you know, and it's like, we know what we're used to and what we have to do, but it's like, you put yourself like, say, throw me over in the Philippines right now, you know, I mean, it's totally different, you know, it's just a whole different world. Mm. But I'm excited to go. I am. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to travel. Heck yeah. Everybody I met that went to the Philippines, they don't come back. <laughs> right. Well, see, and I'm looking at, you know, I'm close to retirement age, you know. I mean, so it's like, I will either be in Mexico or the Philippines. Because, you know, I can live like, why Why not? I can live like a king for, you know, $1,000 a month. You yeah. know, I mean, it's why not? You know, that just gives me, you know, the abundance that I do acquire just gives me more to, to put out, mm. you know? I mean, that's just the way I, I feel, you know? I mean, I still want, you know, I want to build a shelter for dogs. You know, I want to build a shelter for uh, women and children, you know, that are being abused. And that's just something that I'm going to work on for the rest of my life and make happen. Oh, I honor that. Like I went, I was, I went through a lot of trauma, like being, like living on my own in Atlanta, and I commend anybody who is a part of the, like, supporting that pain because nothing's more scarier than knowing that you're in a bad situation and has no idea how to get out of it, and being exactly. like away from family and like, and also like the 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 embarrassment of asking for help and like hearing yourself admit that you're letting someone get away with hurting you without leaving like and I feel like that's why it's hard for people to come out of denial and what they're going through when they're in abusive situations or and what makes it the I think the hardest part of leaving it's like because after you're in pain with someone else like there's like a sense of like this unnecessary sense of taking responsibility for someone else's actions and then mm-hmm. trying to make up for something that you weren't even lacking in the beginning. Like, right. and that's the right. hardest part. Like not taking responsibility for it, not sticking around and saying, I can do better. Like, it's not you girl or a man, it's them. Like, right. They're projecting well, their pain on you. 
Yeah. Well, it's because, you know, it comes down to, you know, your self-pride, you know, I mean, it comes down to, you know, how much respect you're going to give yourself, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, and it, when you really get dig, dig deep down, it's, it's sad when you just, you know, you're so scared of what the outcome is going to be that it keeps you in that, you know, and that's, what's really scary about it. I mean, I've helped a couple, you know, I've lost some 35 plus year friendship because I'm finding out that, you know, they were beating their wives and kids, you know, and it's like, I won't have nothing to do with that, you know? So it's like, you know, I've helped, you know, them get away from them. And I've seen a lot of things that, you know, should never happen in this world. And it does. those in need Randy and and I'm confident that you're going to inspire a lot of people to take more responsibility like even if they're a witness and it's really brave it's really brave to stand up to someone that's a buddy of yours and say like look dude what you're doing is not okay and um, and we need people in the world to help others see perspective because one thing I learned is like you can't put out evil with evil like you can't put out evil without good and being good is being a humble teacher and like knowing that judging someone else for their position and maturity is not going to heal them it's not going to stop them from hurting someone else but like what's going to stop them is if we we literally spare them from sinning by explaining to them the consequence of their actions because sometimes they don't even know that they're hurting anyone they feel justified and i feel like a a good friend will bring you uncomfortable news to spare you from humiliating yourself in the future and like it's a party pooper and it sucks like to get wake-up calls and you might lose a friend from that it's like it's a noble thing to do i mean there is a lot of ways to do it without offending someone but that's an art. It takes practice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it does. It does. But, you know, it comes right down to, you know, standing up face to face with them and saying, hey, this is what's going on. You have to stop. You know, you, you know, I will not let this go on. You know, I mean, you have to take a step and, you know, and it's, it, it, did I want to do it? No, but I had to do it. You know, when you see the fear in someone's eyes that they don't know if they're going to even be alive the next day, you know, it just makes you do things that, you know, that you didn't think you were capable of doing, That's you know, so, but when somebody's so beat down like that, you know, they're reaching out for help, you know, you can't let them just sit there and suffer, you know, I can't, I love you, you know, so... I love you for that because when I was suffering, I had a friend that was like 56. And like I said, going back to like my little joke about daddy issues, like I was always looking for like a, not 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 intentionally looking for a male role model, but like I said, like we're attracted to the things that we lack in ourselves, like the things that we seek. And I was looking for mentorship in a place where I didn't have family. And I'm also like, I'm like a pretty naive, but I I say that not in a bad way. Like I say that like, 
I just try to look for good in people and I just want to feel safe with another person. I want to believe that we live in a world that we can be kind to one another. And like, I come from a family where I'm not blood related to my closest relatives. So to me, it's like, I believe in the ability of making, becoming close to another person that's not related to you and seeing them as family. Like, I'm, that's what I grew up with. So, you know, I was friends with him and he was a lawyer. I looked up to him and when I told him about my, the abuse I was going through, what I was looking for was for him to tell me that he will help me live and survive like and, and, and without my abuser. I wanted him to say, I can't support you, but I support in being there for you transitioning out of this relationship. Because I told him he finally got caught by the cops because he beat me so bad. And instead, he broke my heart because he said, I'll, I'll defend your boyfriend pro bono. And I was like, you know, that made me not grow because instead of him like acknowledging my worth as a woman, like as a friend, he kind of like enabled my abuser to stay abusing me. And he like, and that confused me. Cause I was like, don't you care about me? Like, don't you not want me to die? But then again, it wasn't his fault because years down the line, I finally spoke to him again because our relationship just went boop after that. Right. But I spoke to him and I told him like, you know, you don't, you don't understand like how much I pray that I wish you went this way instead, which is not his fault because I could have said something too, but you know, I was in a place of like feeling low. And you know what? It's not his fault because the justice system is so messed up that like that's what he's used to seeing in court. He's used to seeing the woman begging for forgiveness from the public, from their abusers. And yeah. in his head, he was doing a case worth thousands of dollars for free. He was doing charity work. But I wish that I you know, heard a podcast like we're doing right now and that I chose to say well, this ends right here. And that I wish I just forwardly asked for support instead of hoping for it. Hoping, yeah. Mm. Well, and, it's, and it takes a lot of courage. You know, a lot of people that are in that abuse they don't have it, you know, and it takes somebody, you know, outside of the realm that that sees it and then it, and is willing to, you know, start asking and start finding out what exactly is going on. So I, I saw that. Well, we, you mentioned the Kangen water machine a little bit, and I know that you're going to start this brand new life and you're getting up to date with our, you know, our little internet astral world. What, what does, what are some of your businesses that you're working on and, and how did they impact your health? Well, my, like you said, Kangen water, it's a water ionizer. It produces a hydrogen rich alkalized antioxidant water and it is done through electrolysis now there's a difference between alkaline and alkalized every all the bottles everything that you see on the shelf is an alkaline and that is from adding a chemical to it 
and whether it's salt, whether it's, um, they put so many different chemicals in that, make it, you know, they're, they're changing the pH of it is what they're doing. They're adding a chemical. And with the, with the water ionizer, you're doing it through electrolysis. So you're not adding anything to it, it and it's still coming out. Well, the word Tongan in Japan means back to original. So you're changing your water, your tap water into the original water full of the minerals and vitamins that it need, that you need. Because most most of our most of our illnesses is due through inflammation. And COVID, yeah. You know, I mean, you got tendonitis, bursitis. Um, all your itises are just inflammations in our joints, and that's caused through oxidation, and that's through drinking acid drinks, uh, soda, anything that is aging us quicker is going to eventually catch up. You know, that is, that's the biggest thing that, like, yeah, we hear the word antioxidants a lot, right? But mm -hmm. when you break it down, free radicals is what causes our genes and our cells to not activate in the way they need to because we're they're like fighting over um, different positive and negative charged ions, right? So I know I'm butchering yep. that, but... Would you like to elaborate that? Like, how does free radicals quicken our aging process? Well, free radicals is just well, just like um, well, you pick a you pick an apple, you cut it in half, and what's it doing? You know, over time it turns brown. Mm -hmm. So what that doing? What the free radicals are doing is it's not giving our cells at a cellular level to to um, feed into our bloodstream to give us that um, negative ions what we need mm -hmm. because once your body is fully charged with no negative antioxidants in it you're going to age quicker you're going to get diseases you're going to you know that's where an illness starts imagine like I, I really wonder like if if we like just loaded ourselves up with antioxidants like i wonder how long like how long we can keep from aging like i really want to see more experiments with that because that's like literally supporting your body on a cellular level which affects yes. our dna expression and mm -hmm. maybe it doesn't affect because i know people are going to be really like technical and say sam it doesn't have to do dna epigenetics you know epigenetics is yep. the expression like, and that's environmental you know i just i, I really want to see how far we can go if we neutralize the abuse we put ourselves in because we're literally like i said we're, we're we're living life backwards right like the only reason why we know a lot of these environmental toxins are causing aging is because it started when we started seeing the health of people during the industrial revolutions when they were promoting cigarettes were a medicine mm -hmm. like a vitamin that helps you live longer where people were right. smoking in their houses in their cars with their children in, in every rush like it was so calm and then we started seeing like people living for like 65 years and the life expectancy used to be like 55 and right. and and it's like we had to get humble like there was no way for us to know that that was bad until we saw what happened to people well and that's just you know in the world we live in there's everything's a free radical 
we got our 5G that's coming out. You know, we got microwaves, our cell phones, the air we breathe. Mm. You know, and then look at over the over time, all the herbicides and pesticides that have been thrown into our fields, and now it's into our water streams. You know, and so it's you need to get as many antioxidants into your body just to live a halfway, you know, healthy life. Right. You know, because if you keep throwing free radicals in it and everything that's oxidating, you're going to end up with a very acidic body and end up end up dead. I'm sorry, that's just about what's going to end up doing. Right. You know, you're going to end up being very sickly ill. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's like with me, you know, I've got more energy now than I did when I was 40 because of me with my water and my live ultimate and you know taking care of myself so Randy you know, what, is, it, what is live ultimate and how do you use that in conjunction with Kanye well I'm a part of live ultimate guys but I just want Randy to share. well live ultimate is a uh it's a whole food uh vegan uh with superfoods and medicinal mushrooms mm-hmm. and with oh i found out through my, some of my past uh nutrition i was taking this just doesn't have any fillers and it has nothing i mean it's all whole foods and vegan you know and fillers and synthetics are just more free radicals that your body's got to fight off mm-hmm. You know, and I think over the past six years, me looking for different things, trying different things, probably this last, oh, I don't know. I've been doing it for almost six months now and um, fantastic. I can tell because my body function, you know, I'm are working properly. I you know I don't feel as brain fogged as I used to. <coughs> I mean, there's just so many different effects that I've gotten off of Live Ultimate that uh, I'm a lifer on it, you know, and I'm going to promote it. And because I, because of results I see in myself, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what means the most to me. Mm-hmm. So if I don't get results, I'm not going to, you know, continue doing things. I agree with you. Like, I wouldn't talk about it every single day unless it really changed my life, because honestly, that's our attention span like why would i promote something that's not working like i i tell you like i tried everything from hydroxycut to taking like a bunch of different multivitamins gummies and even like drinking turmeric powder like never felt the anti-inflammatory benefits i even had like the coconut oil for the fat component and the black pepper but you know it's just yeah i was in so much pain right and you know, live ultimate. It's the only thing that eliminated that pain. And and I, I'm waiting for you to say your. Having the one-two punch. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, yes. With live ultimate and Congan water. I mean, there is no better all-natural solution. Okay, because our bodies being seventy-three to eighty-five percent water. And with uh, the, the test that I've done with uh, Live Ultimate, sticking it in, in 
very acidic, neutral water and, and the water turning uh, into a negative ORP because of the nutrition. I mean, it's just, I'm a firm believer in it. Oh, I you love know, that. I'm, it's, it's, it's a matter of, you know, the results we're getting and the results that we thought we was going to get. I could see a huge difference in my dog that's 13 years old right now because he was, he was falling down the stairs like a few months ago. And I've been giving him Kangen water and he hasn't fallen down the stairs and he can get up and like his legs aren't shaking. Um, and he lost weight. Nice. Nice. Well, yes, that's because, you know, but the difference between your tap water and your Kangen water is your tap water is a big molecule. You know, that's why you have to boil water to make tea because you're busting down the water into a smaller molecule. And with Kangen water, it's already broken down into that small molecule and it absorbs into your body. Does Kangen water boil faster? Yes. Oh, that's so cool, man. And that's yes, it does. I also wanted to um, ask if, like, are you still... I remember early on the podcast, you were saying that you were on, on medication for your heart and like pre-diabetic. How is your condition of your health now after using the one-two punch? It is excellent. I don't take, I don't, I'm not on any medication. Um, I have my blood test done every, once a year just to see where my levels are at. I haven't been on cholesterol or, well, God, I dropped 45 pounds, got off all my high blood pressure, my cholesterol. Uh, my diabetes test keeps coming back excellent. I mean, it's just, I don't, I don't take any kind of medication. I'm not, I'm not even into the pharmaceutical world. Oh. I don't get headaches. I don't take aspirins. I don't take, I've got Congan water that produces enough different waters that is, it is a medical machine and, and I use it. Amen. And I rejoice to that because there's so many people that I know that just want to get off their medication and you show everyone that you they it's possible. And I love yes. like, the testimony of these awesome things. Yes. This is like life changing. Well, it is. It is. You know, I mean, because I live a life of uh, very dirty living and now I'm living, you know, it's just what you put in your body. You know, I had to make a decision. You know, I lived on Mountain Dew. I had to quit drinking pop, mm -hmm. you know, and now I drink water, tea, you know, and it's, that's about all I drink. I appear every now and then, you know, we got to put some acidic things in our body. <laughs> yeah, because isn't like a, a weird way, like beer is good for us, like that's some, you know, good yeast and carbs. <laughs> right, you know, and I eat what I want. You know, that's what I like about this with the, the Congan water and the Live Ultimate is my body is getting the proper nutrition and um, hydrated properly that my body, when I do give it something like, well, I made a chocolate cake for my birthday. And yes, I love, I love chocolate cake. That's good but I don't feel like it. You know, my body is, is getting rid of this at a natural way. You know, it's not building up. And it's just giving me a proper, I guess, how bodily functions, mm -hmm. and water. And I did find out if you, if you like to drink, that if you drink, what's the worst thing? What's what's a hangover? It's dehydration. 
drink two glasses of common water before you go to bed. Drink two more when you wake up. You won't have a hangover anymore. <laughs> I can't. I feel like like I used to have such a high tolerance, and like I went out like three weeks ago, and like I drank, I drank too much because the bartenders kept getting me free shots, and I lost count because you know, oops, it's yep. been a while since I drank, and um, geez. It's like my body punishes me when I drink now that I, I have no desire. Like, And also, like I'm so not dependent on alcohol anymore that I prefer to enjoy other people sober. And like mm-hmm. that's huge for me because five years ago, I had so much social anxiety. I would just you know, do substance to get like a distract myself from like judging myself while talking to other people and like and and then in, in that end up in situations where I made an ass of myself which was like the mm-hmm. opposite of what I needed and so like I'm so glad and what's amazing too is that uh chlorella spirulina wheatgrass barley grass and reishi actually helps take away alcohol cravings and it and it um takes so it detoxes the body and the liver from the harms that it causes. Nice. You know, because I have found out that since I've been taking Live Ultimate, a beer doesn't, I mean, I don't, I don't have, I just don't have that urge to go have, a, you know, a bunch of drinks I used to. Yeah, I used to have to drink every night and now like I can literally have a glass of wine and be like, I don't want to drink that and leave it there with no guilt. And mm-hmm. before, like, it was a weird, like a, Mm, you know, put that to waste. And, oh my God. Right. Yes. That's the way I was. You know, I, I always wanted to be, you know, I always, when I go out to drink and it was people drink because they enjoy it socially. Nah, I drink to get drunk. Yeah. You know, I mean, I mean come on. <laughs> you know? I wanted to be drunk. Why else would I drink the alcohol, you know? Yeah. But. And- now I, just, now I don't have that philosophy anymore, you know. Yeah, I also don't, I, I just don't know when I liked suffering like that. Like, it was a real testimony in my mental health, too. It's like, and no wonder I was self-sabotaging. I got so comfortable in literally making myself dizzy and nauseous and calling yeah. it fun. <laughs> yeah, oh, I hear you. I hear you, you know. It's like, you know, and the, trust me, the older you get, the worse it is. Because, you know, you, your body just can't take it anymore. Yeah, my body like literally protests against me. It's like I have like one shot and I'm like, oh, I have a headache. And I'm like, I'm still 24, okay? Right, <laughs> right. I don't know how people my age can like go to work nine to five and then go out after like I commend them. And I'm like, I want to be in bed by eight o'clock now, like every day. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I got a lot of buddies. That's all they do is drink every day. Drink every every day. Every day they want to go start after work, go drink, drink, drink. And I might stop and have one, but it's like, you know, one puts me to sleep. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't even enjoy it. You know, if I drink two, then I'm in trouble. Right. Like, I, I have a very low home. tolerance, you know, yeah. so it's like three, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm there for the night, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I'm right there with you. So yeah. I'm going to let this be the final question and my okay. favorite one. Um, if you can be remembered forever, 
what would that one thing be? I believe I want to be remembered that I was the type of soul that helped others. You know, I wanted he. I was always there for the ones that were down. Um, I've always wanted to be the one that, just to give the helping hand. You know, that's how I want to be remembered. Somebody that was loving and caring, that that gave a shit what was going on in the world. Well, Randy. You're doing a great job because I absolutely adore you and you bring me joy and strength. And even when I'm so, like I, I get into these depressive episodes, I can always rely on you to put a smile on my face. Well, thank you. Well, thank you. And you do the same for me, Sam. Trust me, you do. 